Good morning. Good morning. So we're sitting down. That's different. You're already wondering what's happening. You'll also have noticed that only one projector is working today. If you're online, you'll notice that we only have two camera angles most of the time. A third camera is down right now. We are doing the best we can with what we have this week, uh, which is what Thanksgiving's about in a lot of ways, too. Um, we also had hoped to have a guest preacher with us today. And she let us know last week that she wasn't feeling well. And so we came up with a backup plan, hoping she would recover in time. And she didn't. So this is the backup plan. Uh, we're going to have a conversation. And uh, yeah, we're talking about praise today. And we started this series last week, thinking about why we do what we do. And we talked about gathering. So you've gathered. We might be one of the few churches, many churches in Toronto perhaps, that shrink during holidays because many people go home. So we're so glad you're here with us choosing to gather and gather online, maybe if you're at home with your loved ones. And today we'll talk about why we praise. And so who better to have this conversation with than our worship pastor, Tamika. Um, So yeah, we're going to use this Psalm 103 as this wonderful example of praise. Um, when you're thinking about a scripture verse to talk about praise, your mind goes to Psalms so quickly. And when Tamika and I were talking about this backup plan and thinking, well, what scripture would we choose if we had to have this conversation? We both said Psalm 103. Uh, so that was really lovely. Um, so Tamika, you're a worship pastor, uh, which means you're the expert in all these things for us. <laughs> So why, why do we praise God? Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, yeah, I, I love doing praise and worship. And it's interesting, like, like I call him Rev, okay? So just don't get confused. This Rev Nick, I just call him Rev. Um, we praise God for who God is, but we can also praise God for what God has done. Um, and when we look in the Psalms, the Psalms are full of writers recognizing God with praise because he is creator, like Pastor Nestor was saying. Uh, He is creator, and he is so much more. He answered them when they called. Um, I think of, even in Psalms 103, and Psalms like Psalm 34, and so many of them, when we pray to God, and God answered our prayers, we were in need of something, and he responded. That's another reason to praise God. We praise God for the attributes that he has, and different parts of his character. God is our provider. God is our protector. God is our refuge and our shelter. I think Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength. Um, And then I I have Psalm 100. I told him, my dad was preaching this somewhere else, and I heard him, and I told him I was going to steal it, and he said it was okay because it was from the Bible anyway. But Psalm 100 says, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. For we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Uh, so this is why we praise. Some, some of it. Just, just a little snippet. <laughs> yeah, ser- sermon over. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, we see that in the psalm too, right? We, who God is and what God does, both of these together are why we praise. Um, so in Psalm 103, it says, praise his holy name. God is holy. And so God deserves praise. It's just who God is. But then there's also a litany of things in the psalm that God does. Um, Forget not all his benefits yeah. is what the psalmist says. So our actions of praise are also a practice of forgetting not all God's benefits, of remembering what God has done 
that's good for us. And in Thanksgiving, we sometimes talk about counting our blessings, yeah. right? And I think a practice of praise is a practice of counting our blessings, remembering all of God's many benefits. Um, in, the, in Psalm 103, it says, he redeems you, he crowns you, he satisfies you. And, and those are some pretty good benefits. I, no one else is providing those kinds of benefits for us. Um, and so we praise God. We give God praise. Um, and David remembers not just in his own life, but in the life of all of God's people. Um, it goes back. So it's not just the way you've experienced God's goodness, but it's the way that God's goodness has been present to all God's children. Uh, the psalm says, He made known his ways to Moses. That was a long time before David. Uh, but it goes all the way back there. He, know, he revealed his ways to Moses. Um, so we should do similar work. As we give praise to God, we should be telling stories about God's goodness as well. Um, so we might add things like, he provided for generations of our church through the Jesse Ketchum Trust Fund, through the Ketchum family. That is a mighty act of God that's worthy of praise. We might add things like, God protected us through a pandemic and continues to protect us through a pandemic. Uh, we might add, God has drawn us into new family and community, people that will share soup with after the service during Soup Sunday and see as family gathered around a table, God reveals himself in our midst. So these are some of the continued mercies of our God, continued benefits of God given to us. And I think each of us should also be adding our own family's stories to this mix as well. Um, how has God saved you? What has God saved you from? What goodness of God have you seen in your life or in your family's life? Um, you, I think we often have stories of a family member who was really awful and then came to Jesus, right? I, my grandfather, my yeah, <laughs> my, my grandfather um, was like an alcoholic and abusive and then found the Lord. And that's a thing that I should praise God for continually. You don't know that story. Maybe that's not something you give thanks for, but it's something that I should be giving thanks for. So I think that whole story is really important. Um, all God's people through all time, our church, ourselves as well. And Tamika, when we were talking on Tuesday, um, you mentioned something that I think is really important for us to talk about as well, and that's that praise and worship are not the same thing. And that's something that I felt like people needed to know for a while. <laughs> so could you tell us more about how those things are different? Yeah, um, I'll get real nerdy here. I decided to go to Merriam-Webster because, you know, if Webster said it, then. Mm. Uh, so praise, according to Merriam-Webster, is to express favorable judgment or to glorify God, especially by attribution of perfections. So praise is to acknowledge God's worth. Is he worthy of fill in the blanks? Has he done anything perfectly, or is he worthy of commendation? Um, and worship is to honor or show reverence, to regard with extravagant devotion. Um, and so we, we see this in certain cultures where there, there might be like bowing to those who are older. I know in certain African cultures, there's um, those who are of higher esteem. People will like fall as close to the ground to show that this person is, is worthy of this recognition. Um, in the Bible, every time we see the word worship, we see examples of people bowing down and making themselves smaller so that they could honor God's grandeur. Um, the example that comes to mind is Jacob when he's blessing his, his um, well, his name is Israel then, but he's in Egypt and he's blessing his sons and he leans on his staff and he worships. There wasn't a praise band behind him, 
There wasn't, you know, 14 guitars. It was just him recognizing God's goodness in his life as he looked at the lineage before him. Um, yeah, so it's, we recognize that to honor another is to, is to be humble before God, is to say, you are good, you are amazing. I like to tell people we are standing on a spinning ball in the sky, okay? Our Lord created the universe with words. He is worthy because of what he's done, but he's also good, and so I am in awe of him. And so to worship God is, is to be in a lifestyle where everything I do is recognizing that God is good, and he is deserving of my devotion. He's deserving of my affection, whether or not there is music attached to it. So, yeah. So nowadays we do that with music. We do it on Sundays, but historically there wasn't always mention of music, um, and it's not the only way we can express our worship. And in fact, the Hebrew word for worship is to bow. There's a story from before your time with us here at Knox, and before a lot of your times with us here at Knox, but before the pandemic, uh, we were revisioning the evening service. And uh, so before we sort of paused the evening service for the summer, we gathered the community that was worshiping for a meal after the service, had some pizza, and we asked them, what do you want? What do you want in this service? What would you like this service to be more like? And what do you think our neighborhood, our community needs in a service like this? And something that a lot of people said back then was they wanted a longer worship time. And they didn't mean they wanted the service to be longer. In fact, they wanted the service to be shorter. But they wanted more singing. And that really, yeah, didn't sit well with me. Because singing isn't the sum of worship. If we want a longer worship time, that's, just not, that's not just more songs in the service. Uh, because we call this a service of worship. And so from the call to worship, listening to God call us to worship is an act of worship because God is worthy of our listening, like you were saying. Um, So every time we listen to God, we are worshiping God. Uh, The scripture reading and the sermon are acts of worship because we're paying attention to God's word revealed in the text and God's word revealed in conversation today or through thoughtful reflection. And that is also part of our worship. Giving is a part of worship, right? God is worthy of everything we have. And so if we give a small part of that, that is still an act of worship to God. Um, Praise is when we give thanksgiving and song and prayer. Uh, There are lots of ways to praise that aren't musical as well. But worship is a whole lot bigger. And worship will sometimes inspire praise, right? We'll hear a good word in the Bible and then we'll want to sing about it. We'll want to give thanks to God. Um, So these things are definitely connected. But they're also distinct, and I think that's important for us to remember. Because also, like you were saying, um, all of life is worship, right? We are called to be people of worship, or we ought to be. And so everything we do Monday to Saturday should be worship, but it might not all be praise. Sometimes we might be praising God. Sometimes we might be lamenting. That won't feel like praise, but it's still worship right? So there's a spectrum of ways that we worship, and praise is an important part of that. Um, Yeah, and so that doesn't, lament is sometimes there, uh, but we still praise when we're sad, right? What, why? What does that look like? I was listening to an interview recently, and um, someone got a similar question to this, and the lady said, 
it was a season where I had to give God a sad praise. And I thought that was so funny because it was like, uh-huh, a sad praise. Because when I think of praise, I think of like, you know, the smiley face with the smile, like the yellow one with the smile, the emoji. Or I think of like, you know, balloons and joy and sparkle. I don't know why that happens in my brain. Hopefully something different happens in your brain when you think of praise. Um, but in seasons of sadness or lament, like when we've lost someone, God's status, his goodness has not changed. Even though I'm going through something difficult or I'm walking through something hard, God is still good. That's just the reality of God being God. He is still good. He is still worthy of love and praise and affection. He is still provider and my refuge. Even though this is hard, I can say, God, you know what? Even though I'm going to bless you. And the person that I have two examples that come to mind, I think of Job. Job in the Bible, who is, he didn't see the back end. We get to read Job in its context and see that God was using him as, as an example to let the enemy know, you can't actually touch what's mine, but let me, let me let you touch him just this much. And Job lost everything. He lost his clothes, his family, um, the respect of his wife, his, his livestock, everything he had, he lost it. And he said, even though I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise you, Lord, you give and you take away, blessed be the name of the Lord. That's a hard thing to do, but God is still worthy of praise. I think of Hagar in the Bible, uh, who really went through a really horrible situation and something she could not control, but was sent away with her son and thinks she's going to die in the desert and puts her son down a little ways away and goes to pray and to lament because she doesn't want to watch him die. And the Lord is touched by that and provides a well in the desert and there's water. And she says, this is the God who sees. She had a response to him, even though it was a hard season. It was still hot in the desert. The desert was still a desert. She was still sent out of home, but this is the God who sees. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that's something important to remember, that in all of my seasons, and whether it's good or it's bad, that God is worthy of praise because his goodness still exists. I think that's such a beautiful name for God, the God who sees me, right? And when God sees us in seasons of challenge and difficulty, um, that inspires praise as well, right? It's, it's like a friend who's with you through trouble, yeah. right? Like they're a good friend. God is a good friend to us through seasons of trouble. Um, and I think you, you were saying something about complaining too. Yes. What's, what's com how does complaining interact with praise? So or what's I, my dad has this expression where he says, if you pray, you can't worry, and if you worry, you can't pray. And I think the same is true for complaining and praise. If I'm in the middle of praising, I don't have time to complain. And if I'm complaining, it's going to be a little bit harder to praise God. When we complain, we take the focus off of God, and we put it on ourselves or our situations. Now, I'm not saying don't leave certain reviews for people, okay? Be, be Christ-like in your review leaving. So when I go to that restaurant, I know exactly what it's like. But... When we are complaining about our situation, we are, we are focusing so much on the bad in that situation that we are taking away from all the good God has done in our lives. Not that we are taking away his power, but that we are changing our perspective. And so praise has the converse or the other side to it, where when I start to praise God, when I say, there is no one like you, you are good. There is, you are my creator, my provider. I love you so much, Lord. I will extol your name. I will join in with angels and saints and declare your holiness right now. That takes my, my eyes off of the situation. That gives me a different perspective to recognize, you know what, God, you got this. You, you are still good and you're still worthy of praise. And so when we think about the children, um, the Hebrew children, 
on that, that really long walk that they had to take because they complained. And even though they knew they were gonna be doing this 40 year walk, they were still complaining. But every time we see a shift in biblical history with the children of Israel offering praise, we notice that there's a shift in, in so many things, right? They're able to see God's provision. They're able to see God's hand moving. They're able to see God's protection. Uh, they're able to see how they were different from other people, not because they were different from other people, but because God was with them. And so when we praise, our perspective shifts, and it's something that we should practice doing. And we see that so much in the Psalms, even Psalms of lament, right? Uh, We should lament the evil of our world. We should lament the pain of our lives. This is not the way things ought to be. Um, But even in Psalms of lament, lament turns towards praise. So often the psalmist will say, yet I will praise you. And so we have to be able to end up back in that place again. Otherwise, we may just be complaining. And we see so much of this uh, praise in the midst of difficulty in today's psalm, in Psalm 103. In verses 3 and 4, it says, uh, God is the God who um, forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. This is an acknowledgement that we are guilty people and that we are on the brink of death, right? That we are full of sickness, that death haunts us. Uh, We're guilty, we're headed towards death, but praise God who forgives and heals, um, who will even more raise us with Christ from the dead. That's, That's the promise that the psalmist is clinging to hope for. That's the thing that even though there's sickness and there's guilt, um, he turns to praise. And then in verse 19, it says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise continues in difficult seasons, partly um, because we remember that the Lord's throne is in heaven and his kingdom does rule over all. So even when death threatens, we can praise him because we remember that Jesus Christ overcame the grave. Um, The good news of the gospel is the thing that undergirds all of our praise. It's really difficult to praise God if we don't have a hope that's beyond uh, whatever present suffering we know or whatever present thing uh, afflicts our world. Um, But we remember that Jesus Christ was born, um, ministered, healed the sick, was a friend of sinners, died, was raised from dead, and ascended into heaven. And that is good news that anchors all of our praise because if that's true, if that happened, then why can't we praise the God who promises to do this very same work in us and through us? Um, So just as the gospel remains good news, no matter the troubles we face, so too praise remains an apt response to the God um, who does these things, um, no matter the circumstances that we know. Um, So another transition for us here, uh, Tamika, you've been with us just over a year, uh, which means you know us decently well and probably know um, some things that we need to change. (laughs) So it's like the one-year review for Tamika now. In front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. but you're also also giving us some feedback here. That's that's the important thing that I'm... I'm going to drink some tea. (laughs) I'd love to hear what you've noticed in your time with us. What are the things maybe we're great at doing in our praise and also what are some of the barriers to our praise that we should be conscious of as a community and sort of working at? So much weight now. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Grace to all of us. Um, I believe God is calling us to be intentional with our praise. There's a blessing in coming together and being in unity for the common goal of exalting the name of Jesus. 
we don't come only to observe or to be entertained because Jesus is worthy of more than that. It's not just a, I do that thing on Sunday. Um, I've noticed, especially as we come out of the pandemic, that there is a desire to be creative and move forward while simultaneously relying on what church used to be before, um, which I can't really relate to because I wasn't here. Uh, but the reality is that the past isn't something we can revisit except for in memories. Um, but the past, like Rev was saying, is a track record of God's faithfulness to his people, to all people. Um, we're greeted with new mercies every day and more reasons to offer up praise because God is good all the time. Like, let's practice. God is good and all the time. Amazing. Okay, so just checking if that's still there. But yeah, being, being intentional and, and waking up and saying, you know, I'm going to praise God Monday through Saturday. I'm going to worship God Monday through Saturday and Sunday. And then I'm going to come with the expectation that my brothers and sisters are coming to church to worship this God with me. There's something really beautiful in that. And then being free to, to do that, to express that. Sometimes I'm the only person saying amen out loud. I know there are people amening in their heart. So if you hear that, you can amen with me, but I will amen out loud because if the word is good, the word is good, Rev. The word is good, <laughs> I'm going to say amen. <laughs> or praise the Lord. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I, I think that uh, that challenge that we're not here to be entertained or to observe, but to participate um, is, is really quite relevant because where else do we gather like this and we're not an audience? Right. Um, I think most of us are used to sitting in front of a stage and we put on the mindset of being the audience and then we, we judge the performance, right? And we say, well, Tamika was out of tune today. I've never heard you out of tune. I don't know what out of tune is, so uh, it's safe for me to say that. <laughs> um, but that's the, that's the feedback. And I think it's important. We strive towards excellence as a church. We think God's worthy of our best and that's good. Um, but we're participating in that. And so just as you don't always give your best, you come and you give what you have, um, and that's okay. So I think that's a good challenge for us. I remember Kristen, when he was here, and the worship leaders team uh, really felt this too. It sometimes feels like there's a giant wall yeah. between the stage and the congregation, and that's, that's not what church is right? Um, in theater, we call it aesthetic distance. Um, you know, when you go and see a play, you don't feel like you're very close to the things happening on the stage very often. But here, we're meant to feel that way. We're meant to feel close and like we're participating. Like, the looks on your faces matter. And the actions that you do and the ways that you sing matter. They are part of our worship together. And so in our praise, uh, we should also be moving towards freedom and expression. Um, and there is this movement in the Psalms from just praise because of obedience towards communion with God and freedom. Um, Psalm 1 begins with, uh, the one, uh, blessed is he who does not keep in step with the wicked, right? It's very much like live your life this way, uh, follow God's law, and you'll be able to praise God and receive God's goodness. And then by Psalm 149, uh, well, there's a litany of praise psalms right at the end. And in Psalm 149, it says, the Lord takes delight in his people. And so we move from, like, don't do this, don't be this kind of person, to God takes delight in this community. And I think obedience is like a low bar. 
right? Like obedience is meant to be the low bar and beyond obedience, there's so much freedom in relationship with God. And that's supposed to be true of our praise as well, right? Obedience is maybe come to church on Sunday, um, sing, sing the hymn sort of quietly to yourself. Um, but to can mean, yeah, I, that feels like what people are doing for obedience. So, um, but then beyond that, it is this sort of like God is here with us and God is spirits moving among us and we respond to that spirit. It's beyond just obedience. It's desire and communion with God. Um, so praise can't happen without obedience. That's the important first step. Um, but it's just the starting place. Ultimately, God's people are called beyond mere obedience toward communion, toward freedom. And I know there are some super Presbyterian people here right now sort of rolling their eyes at this part and not feeling super comfortable. But I say that as like, a pretty Presbyterian person myself who doesn't move very much in worship. Um, you know, sometimes Presbyterians are called the frozen chosen and that like resonates with me deeply. Um, and if you see me clapping ever, it is because somebody on stage is clapping and I can watch their hands because I cannot clap unless I have someone's hands to watch. just pray for deliverance right now. <laughs> and tie my hands with. Um, so that's, that's where I'm coming from as I say this. And so uh, do take it as a friendly challenge rather than a, a stern sort of. And Tamika's come a long way for us too. Uh, when she said God is good, it was a sad reply. But there was a reply and she accepted it. So in any other context, she would not have accepted that sad reply. That's correct. So we're on a journey together, um, certainly. So I think that we should be considering how, how is God calling us to respond and praise together? What should our praise look like if we are actually communing with God and engaging with God's spirit? And maybe it will mean sometimes a solemnity. That's okay. And maybe it will mean sitting in reverence and awe before God. Uh, but sometimes it might mean clapping. Moving your body. Sometimes it might mean moving your body. Um, and I think that's something that we should hear the challenge to be more open to as godly. It's not, uh, you must do this. It's not about obedience anymore. It's about how is God moving among us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think this is definitely a lifestyle change, right? It's not, it's not a fad diet that we might um, go on for a quick result because that event is coming up, you know, like, oh, church is coming tomorrow. Let me, let me get holy the night before and get my clap ready. Like, it's not like that. It needs to be something that you practice every day. That is something that is good because God is good and you get used to doing. Um, you praise God as you wake up. You praise God for things great and small. You, you praise God for the people around you and you do it gratefully. Don't just be like, praise God for you. You know, the Lord bless you. Like, no, like, I'm really grateful to see you. How are you? I praise God for you. Um, I'll just say, I'm going to add this. My brothers used to make fun of me because they said, I can't, I'm not very good at cursing people. I don't like saying bad words. I can show you the scripture verses that will help me help you. Um, But he he said to me, you curse like a kindergartner, because I just can't look at someone and say really bad adjectives to them. Um, And so instead, I would just praise the Lord. (laughs) And then I would do it in places where I didn't realize. So when I was teaching, and if somebody showed up or something, something happened favorable for me, I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And you're like, whoops, too late. Now they know. Um, And so doing, doing that where it's just a lifestyle where praise is even escaping your mouth, where gratefulness is escaping who you are because you're, you're just so in love with the Lord and you get to bless God all the time. 
Um, yeah. So I, I want to say practical ways of, of praising the Lord. If you're like, how do I do this? Uh, read your Bible. Okay. Be in the Psalms. The Psalms are good. I think if you are, if you're new to reading the Bible and you're trying to read it straight, it's a collection of books. So let me just free you. Okay. Don't, don't do that. That might hurt your head. Um, but the Psalms are a really good place to just revisit every day and just take bite sizes of it. Take, you know, portion of a chapter or a whole chapter. Some of them are really short, like Psalm 117 is really short. You can just go in there and chew on that for a week. Um, so quote scripture back to the Lord, you know, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble will hear of it and be glad. I was raised on King Jimmy. So that's why you're hearing that. Um, or Psalm 23 or different things like that. Or if you're like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. The Lord taught us how to pray. Say the Lord's prayer as, as praise to the Lord and get used to being in that place of recognizing God's goodness and offering up praise to him. Or talk back to him the things that he said about himself. You are good. You are great. You did provide for me. Thank you, Jesus. You know, just start doing little things like that where it is, it does become a lifestyle. And it is something that oozes out of you because you've recognized who God is. And I think just recognizing and agreeing with who God says he is, is a really great place to start and to live. I think, there we go. I didn't turn it on in the right direction. Um, yeah, I think that uh, that practical all of life peace is so good because an important part of this series is that the things that we do here on Sunday um, aren't just meant for an hour every Sunday, but they're meant to be uh, a rehearsal of the way that we live lives of faith. And so I hope that you did hear uh, what Tamika was saying. And thank you so much for those like really practical um, praise God in these circumstances. And I like the, like, you know, even when something's annoying and difficult, praise God in those circumstances. Uh, it reminded me of St. Therese of Lizzo's uh, Little Way, where she prayed by loving the most annoying nun in her community. And she figured if I can praise God uh, for this woman in her presence, though she annoys me so greatly, um, how much is God honored and glorified? And when St. Therese died, uh, that nun said, oh, she loved me so greatly. So I think that's a good practice for us all. But don't be annoying on purpose. Like, yeah. We have other reasons. No. Praise God. Don't become annoying. That's the instruction. <laughs> um, David concludes Psalm 103 with some directions for all of us. Um, David writes, praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his work everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. This is the instruction that David gives to us and to all creation. And praise really is an all creation reality. Without sin in the world, uh, the heavens would be singing the praise of God constantly. Uh, the sounds that stars produce um, is praise to God. Um, every song of every bird is praise to God. And that's important for us to remember too. All of our speech, all of our singing should also be actions of praise towards God. And I'd, I'd like to remind us of an interesting interaction that happens in Luke 19 that really emphasizes the, this point because Jesus' disciples are praising him and they're doing it in public and they're not doing, doing it at the temple or during their time of like official worship. 
is just on a walk to the city and they're praising Jesus really loud, um, not restraining themselves at all. And the religious authorities are not happy about it. They don't like it one bit. And they ask Jesus, can you make this stop? Can you make this praise that's happening stop? And Jesus says that if they don't do it, the stones will cry out. That, um, yeah, that there's praise that needs to be given to our creator. And if it's not done by us, something else in creation will do it for us. And Jesus isn't missing out. God's not missing out if we fail to praise God. Um, because something else will do our job for us. And so the only people that are missing out are us, that we have an important role to play in the praise and worship of God. And if we don't do it, we're missing a part of why we were made. Um, We're missing something that forms our heart to be more like Jesus's heart. Um, We're missing something which is a natural expression of life in the spirit, um, a life that understands and knows the work of our God. So if you're not praising God, don't worry about God. God's okay. God's receiving the praise that is due to God. Um, Worry about yourself because you're missing an important part of what God made you to do, who God made you to be. Um, So yeah, I'd encourage you to praise God not just in song on Sunday, uh, but whenever you remember his many benefits, and especially when things are difficult to uh, to choose to meditate on the mercies of God. Um, Tamika, do you want to pray for us? Let's, oh. let's pray. We heard a lot today, so. Lord God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we just want to thank you that we get to come to you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercies to us that were new this morning. We thank you that we get to join in and praise um, with angels and saints and all of creation, recognizing your awesomeness. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us to be people who worship you because you're worthy who worship you because you're good, but who offer up praise because you're deserving. Jesus, I pray, would you help us by the Spirit of God to recognize who you are and to take moments and just say, you know, God, you've been good to me. Thank you for who you are. Jesus, I pray that you would, um, by your Spirit, just lead us to see more of you, that we'd be more aware of the good things you're doing. Would you help us in moments of complaining to just stop and take a breath and give you glory? Jesus, I pray that everything we heard here today wouldn't just be a nice conversation, but that you would rattle something in our hearts. You would stir something in our souls and our bodies to give you the glory and the praise that is due your name all the time. We love you. And again, we say thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. As our act of response today, uh, we thought it'd be great to say Psalm 103 responsibly together. So there will be slides for us only on this projector this week. And I'll be the leader and Tamika will help lead you as the people. And let's, let's put the words of the psalmist into our mouths and let this be a praise to our God. So bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live, so your youth is renewed like the eagles. 
The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and the kingdom of God rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you angels, you mighty ones who do God's bidding, obedient to God's spoken word. Bless the Lord, all you hosts, you ministers that do God's will. Bless the Lord, all creation, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Amen. Amen. 